and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here's your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, story. I am your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And uh, today we are on our second week featuring the post-Meridian radio players with their serialized podcast, The Mask of Anana penned by Alicia Gorenson. Um, two full seasons of this has been produced to date. It is complete, unlike shows that have died and withered over time. Um, you can hear this whole experience. Um, we'd featured this back, I think, in 2010 when it first started back in season one. And now we're on season two, giving you a taste of that and encouraging you to start back listening to this uh, story of a story within a story um, of sorts. It, uh, as we mentioned a bit last week, it uh, the focal character is Leonard Allen. He's an old-time radio host. He's been given this second opportunity, um, which turns out to not to be by chance, to uh, man a lighthouse on the East Coast, um, kind of a Cape Cod-like area, um, to prepare some strange rituals for the goddess Inanna, which have things to do with his old-time radio shows. That's uh, the gist of it. Um, to get the real feel for the whole um, setup, it's probably best to go back and start listening to the archives, uh, com um, for those. Uh, yeah, in last week, uh, it was the start of season two. We learned that all is not quite right with the w- ritual as it has been planned, and now Leonard is going to be taking some extreme measures to sort that issue out, as we'll find out in the second episode of the second season of Mask of Banana coming up for you in just one moment. Uh, before we get into our first piece, which actually is The Cleansed, week 12, a uh, quick note, we have a survey going. Uh, we're actually working on building an app for this site. Um, we call it an app, though it's really uh, uh, not necessarily limited to mobile phones. It is going to be web-based, uh, meaning it's going to be streaming. You're going to need to have internet access to use it. Uh, but it'll be a listening experience, um, sort of like Pandora, but for audio drama. So rather than this podcast, which is obviously linear, you're hearing whatever show is new each week, uh, you could go to the app and you'll be able to pick a genre that you like and get new media sent to sent to it. And uh, with no me, really, <laughs> take uh, me as the host out of it and just give you straight access to the drama. Um, so uh, currently what we're thinking is basically a free, it'd be free app primarily. Um, but if you want to listen to stuff on demand, um, there'll be a subscription fee. So if, say, for instance, you hear the first part of a series that you like, you want to hear more parts of that series, then you'll be asked to contribute um, like $5 a month or something like that to the service. Um, otherwise, if you just want to surf and discover new programs totally for free, um, and it'll be programming like what you've grown used to here on Radio Drama Revival, um, you know, the best of today's contemporary audio drama. Um, and we, we, you know, we'll keep our, our high standards of broadcast quality uh, to that. And we'll also be hopefully getting a few more commercial um, entities, stuff that you otherwise might not even know is out there still or uh, otherwise has had, had difficulty offering the podcast format. Um, some commercial suppliers, um, for good reason, Uh, aren't comfortable giving free mp3 downloads of their material but are more um, open to having their material shared on a streaming service like this and simply more like radio than um, free podcasting so you will have access to shows that you might not even be able to get elsewhere or certainly if you are able to get them um, at probably much greater cost than you can through the streaming service so that's um, what we're hoping to build Um, you're the first to hear about it and um, if you would like to contribute, uh, I would really sincerely love to hear your feedback. There is a survey. If you go to radiodramarevival.com, on the right sidebar link, there's a link to the survey. Uh, highly appreciate it. There'll also be a link in the show notes for this week as well. 
take our survey. Uh, I won't give you anything special, but, uh, well, I guess I will. I will let you be on the beta test. Um, if you express interest in it, uh, you can be one of the first hundred people to use this and uh, get access before anyone else does, before it's been fixed properly. And we'll probably give you some free months of service once it is a paid service, once we get it going. So again, readydrumrevival.com, check out the survey. Um, you are one of the chosen ones who love this stuff, who uh, listen to the show and keep it going. So we appreciate that. Love to hear your feedback. Love to hear what, more of what you want. And hopefully we can make the listening experience even better than it is now. Because um, for me, I'm building it as much for myself as a listener as it is for you. I, As much as I love podcasting as a format, I do find that it is challenging sometimes to f- discover new material. Um, you know, I, I know quite a lot about this and follow it. That's why I know all the different um, groups that I do. But Otherwise, I can see what's really quite a challenge to find new material and just try to make that all easy for you. So that'll be the app coming to you probably later this year. And uh, yeah, back to programming, which I know is what you prefer <laughs> to listen to. We've got week 12, The Cleansed, coming up. The Cleansed is the post-apocalyptic audio podcast serial by my own Final Room Productions. Last week, Maria, our heroine, made a difficult decision to continue the journey with John Prophet, the, the grizzled soldier who has been pushing her uh, to go towards this place called the Republic, um, which we learn a bit about the Republic in episode two. Uh, we are at the ref- refuge, and this episode we see only the ashes are left after a great fire, and um, the people are picking up after that. And then in this Republic, the big city, we are seeing Lucian. He is a laborer, tried to keep his mouth shut and do the right thing, but his friend Don has been shot, and he's about to be put in an impossible situation that's going to push him just a little bit over the edge. Here's The Cleansed, Chapter 12. Final Rune Productions presents The Cleansed, Season 1, Chapter 12. John told me once. What? He told me what he thought about our people. David, Sam. He knew what he had done to them by bringing the dwellers. And he said, I make enemies, Maria. That's what I do. I've gotten used to that. People fear, change, and hate what they don't understand. But once they understand what we're up against, they forgive me. They always do. (laughs) Do they, Maria? Do they actually forgive John? Don't you, Luke? It's out. You had to drain the water tower. It's out. Chris, what happened to the riders? Disappeared? Guess they just wanted to slow us down fighting in, I guess. It was good enough to see our crops go up in flames. Don't care to stay around to see the results. We'll plant again, David. All that seed and the water. We have enough. We have time, David. It's only September. There are a lot of mouths to feed, Jonas. We still have the animals. And we can get in green, so we lose some potatoes. I can't listen to you, Jonas. I can't. Oh, gone for you, Prophet. My wife, my children, our home. Within one day, you've destroyed everything. And you wonder why we still hate you after all these years. Damn you! You can only do so much to a man, no matter what he's made of. He's going to snap one day. If you heat him up enough and put the iron to him, you can't account for what happens next. You just can't. 
Bastards kill you, and now they go on working without missing a beat. Not you. What? Come on. What's going on? This the one? Yep. I understand you need a lesson in authority. No. Shut up. What are you gonna do? Beat an innocent man? I said, shut it. Hey, don't hit him where he can't swing a hammer. I heard you forgot your place. Your job is to break up slag and keep your mouth shut. You don't tell your boss whether he's wrong or right. He killed a man. My friend. Murdered the Admiral's good friend. <laughs> criminals. What's that? I said, you're a bunch of criminals. You're a whole lot. <laughs> you're the criminal, slag. Why else are you down here? This is for Don! <laughs> hey, get off <laughs> me. Uh, uh, he worked uh, hard for you. They work hard for you! Oh, you can't do that! Oh, you can't strike a guard! I'm you! I'm done! Hey, what's oh, happening? You did this! Oh, God! You did this! Hey, calm down, Lou! You rotten bastard! Ah, please, Lou! You killed Don! You bastard! You turned out what you're doing! Don! No! I didn't want this! I didn't want this! podcast version of The Cleansed. To hear the rest of this episode in its entirety and uncut, visit www.thecleansed.com. You can purchase the entire director's cut for $1.99. Also see a full cast and crew list, exclusive behind-the-scenes video, character sketches, and more. Again, that's www.thecleansed.com. Or catch us next week for another free installment. New episodes of The Cleansed will go up on this podcast for free each Friday from March through October 2012. Those are available at thecleansed.com, finalrune.com, and radiodramarevival.com. The Cleansed is a Final Rune production. Find more free audio stories at www.finalrune.com. That's F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E.com. And that was The Cleansed, thecleansed.com. For more of that show, episode art, behind-the-scenes video, and more, The Cleansed. Dot com and now on to the mask of Inanna episode two two the second episode of the second season and here we go previously on the mask of Inanna I pulled you out of your nursing home to finish the prayer we were so close before you left it wouldn't take much of your time to end it did it have to be me yes you're the teller you have to be present to tell the stories Bob when I was in Hollywood Bob was having me finish your ritual for you. You didn't tell me about any monster in the tunnel. Uh, that's our speed bump. I'm sorry, Len. I told it to keep you here. Well, what if I want to go? What's your ceremony like? It's complicated. It's an amalgamation of rituals dating back to Mesopotamia. But you don't need the mask there? We have another arcane connection. The prayer asks what? Protection for the children. Speed bumps. What does the speed bump do? It kills. Kills her children. They're asking for speed bumps to kill the Iraqi people 
who she loves because they're on her land. Yes! Teach her worshippers a lesson they'll never forget. Why doesn't David know about this? Does not listen! Your gorgeous Gwen, who keeps you steady. I'll need a few days to patch myself together. <laughs> you don't have to come back. Are you just saying that? I don't think I need the glass when I have you, Mr. Bottle. You're not supposed to have alcohol with all that stuff we put in your bloodstream. I don't care. It's so worth it. Excuse me, ma'am. Yes? What's going on? What are they making a standard line for? I don't have a clue. Okay, it has to be inside somewhere. There it is! Slid out of my bag again. What the hell? Chris? Hey. You've got to get out of here! I wanted to come by. There's something weird in your tunnel. I can't find you here! You weren't answering my phone calls. No, stop! Get in your car, drive, go home. Hurry! Why did we break up again? Oh, not now. This is a really bad time. I'll call you later, okay? Really? I promise. Because I was thinking, I can't remember why we broke up. And I hope it wasn't anything I did. It wasn't. Oh. What did you do? Get going! My family made me break up with you. Don't try to remember. I'll get back to you in a few days, okay? Things are bad here. Okay. I still like you, you know. This isn't the time. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll see you then. How the hell did he get by the speed bump? The mask of Inanna. You can go. Any other business before we disband? No? Great prayer tonight, folks. One ritual left. We're close. Before we go, I want, I want to remind us why we're all here. I received another letter from Nicolette yesterday. I'll let you see it. I don't want to read it. I'll read some. Hi, Dad. (laughs) That's how she always starts. Thanks for the last care package. Donna definitely appreciated the coffee. I hid some funeral incense in the package of coffee. Donna was a friend of hers, killed by a mortar shell on their base. Nicolette doesn't have many people she can talk to in the field. I forgot we had a holiday already. Summer solstice came and went. It doesn't mean much over here. 
We have the time to celebrate, but none of us do. I know you still don't want me here. I know you say you do, but it's making it hard to read anything you write. I kept your last letter a week before I could open it. She's arguing with me there. I'm going to skip this part. But it's okay. Keep writing. Ask Jessie to send me more of her spiced buns and some dip. I need a few favors on the base. I don't, I don't want to know what those are for. I still love you and Mom. It sounds like the church is keeping you busy. I can't wait to come home. Love. Nicolette. One ritual left. We'll see you tomorrow night. David! Jesse! How do you get in here? Your magic locks don't work on me. Guys, you have to stop the ritual. It's an insult to Anana. What's Len been telling you? Nothing. She and I heard it from the spirit I was telling you about. The one who sent me back to Adams. The one who flipped the lighthouse today. It's been trying to tell me that your ritual is going to piss the dickens out of Inanna. Iraq is her home. It doesn't matter that no one is worshipping her there. It's like we're asking her to start killing people in her own hometown. Remember what you told me happened the night you asked Inanna if you should finish the ritual? She sent me the thunderstorm after I finished praying. And what happened after I performed my first show at the lighthouse? We had another thunderstorm. It blew in my front door. Jesse had to clean up the mess. A thunderstorm is not approval. Inanna is shouting no to you. She's a warrior goddess. She doesn't send rainbows and unicorns to show her favor. She sends dreams and demons, not thunderstorms. Jesse. I know how she works. I don't believe it. We should look into it. How are you sure that the voice came from the same spirit? The winged creatures tried to kill it twice. They got it on the second try. Was Gwen with you both times? Yes. How do you know the voice wasn't hers? Because she was holding back the winged creatures while the voice spoke to me. We weren't in the same room. She could fake the winged creatures, too. Not when they took her face off. Humor me. Can you change the ritual? Ask for a, a magic shield or something. Changing the ritual at this stage is very difficult. But can you do it? Not in two weeks. I want to see more proof. I I'm sorry, I, I can't take your word on this. Then come to the lighthouse. Do whatever you have to do. But you said the spirit is gone. We can't bring it back. Then ask another. There must be more of them in there. <sighs> I can try, but what guarantee do I have that any of them will tell the truth? You don't have a choice. Until you find a way to change the prayer, I quit. We've been through this before. No! I have gone through hell for you. Your bump attacked me. Your rivals kidnapped me. And my Gwen almost died trying to make sure I heard this message. For all I have done for you, the least you can do is give me the benefit of the doubt. I helped carry Gwen to the water. See, I have her mucus on my shirt. We have to change the ritual. I don't want my brother to get hurt by it. I'm not changing it. Inanna would have spoken to us. Like the thunderstorms? Yes. Then you have a problem. Because I'm not setting one foot in the lighthouse until you change your ritual to something Inanna approves of. You're condemning my daughter. All of our children. Would I raise this much of a stink if I didn't think the alternative was worse? 
I think you imagined the spirit's voice. Gwen was using you. Oh, come off it. I'm a dead man. The mammons couldn't mind game me. I've said my piece. I'm going out. You're going to stay here. You can't leave us like that. You haven't read my daughter's letters. You don't have anyone you love in the war. Maybe you can sit by and do nothing, but how can you expect the same of me? Hey! Let him leave. He needs to burn off steam. He does? What about us? We'll talk tomorrow, Len. I'm not scared of you or your talk. I'm scared of what I heard tonight. The lighthouse spirits and the storms. None of this is right. You're headed for disaster and I won't be part of it. Unless you can scare me more than your goddess does. You don't see him caring what happened to Gwen, do you? I messed up. What's the matter? I should have recorded the voice. <laughs> uh, Jesse would have said it was faked anyway. I guess. Christ, Main Street's dark at, what, a quarter to ten? Is there anywhere you can get coffee and a burger? Everything closes at nine. Nobody's supposed to have a life. I wish Gwen was around. She used to make the juiciest burgers. And now she's gone. I don't know if I'm going to last long enough to see her again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. You'll get through this. You're strong. I try. I need to get off the island. Mr. Lewis and Miss McAllister are going to grind me down until I change my mind. Where would you go? Around. Do you want to do something for me? Sure. Do you have any walkie-talkies? At my house? Yeah. Let's get them. Then drive me to the marina. I want to try something. Scotty? I'm in the tunnel. Good. Keep your eye on the bump. I'm going for a boat. Aye, aye. Evening. Evening! Okay, which boat? Uh-huh. No oars, but should work. Right on time. Okay. I'm leaving. Watch me. I'm going. It's here. It's watching me. It vanished while I had my light on it. It's gone now. So, it can't be in two places at once. I can travel pretty far. We're done tonight. Do you have a guest room I can use? Sure, that won't mind. Come pick me up. I'm beat. I want my Gwen back. I want to sleep. Morning. You weren't in your room when I checked on you. I woke up early. I wanted to wait for Gwen. You should have left me a note. I'm sorry. I will next time. Has Gwen come yet? 
know. It's weird. Ms. McAllister hasn't shown up to chew me out yet. She's scared of us. You know why. You're a prophet now. I don't feel prophetic. Go back to your church. Tell them everything. See the looks you get. I know. How much have I told you about my days in the movie business? Not much. I met quite a few big names. I met... Um, someone you've heard of. Oh, I met Ed Wood. Really? Sure. I was helping a friend of mine on his set when I ran into Ed. Here. Hey, you! Yes, sir. Give me a cup of coffee. Right away, sir. At least I think he was Edward. I think I bumped into one of the guys from Aerosmith at the farmer's market. Oh, Mutiny on the Bounty. Bora Bora, Tahiti, 1962. I was there. I've never seen it. Oh, you should. Incredible sets. Took weeks to build. Music that would bring a tear to your eye. Marlon Brando at his height. And <laughs> so many women. Miles of scantily clad women extras. <laughs> so this is a guy movie. I suppose so. Now, Rosenberg, the producer, wasn't happy with the script. So they brought me in to give the principals some better lines. Harris, Griffith, Howard, eh, nobody you've heard of. I couldn't touch Brando's. Of course, Milestone, the director, didn't want me there, so he shuffled me off to help manage set design. So you met Brando? No, couldn't get near him. Anyway, he was spending the studio's money like it was water. He had crates of meat and booze flown in every other day. He'd call the set crew whenever he needed a project done. He had him design a friend's wedding once. Since I was watching the books for the set crew, I kept having to get my friend Rick out of the jams that would come up. One day, Rick gets a notice from on high that Brando has ordered himself one of those smoking monkeys and needs a cage for it. For a plastic monkey? No, a real one, like they had at the circus. A chimpanzee that someone had taught how to smoke a cigar. Chimps aren't monkeys. And ew. Well, it was a different time. The order says Brando wants the cage on a patio outside his bedroom window. He's off the island for a few days, and the chimp's on its way, so we don't have a lot of time to build it. We're sinking the supports, laying the flats down, and making good progress. Then it occurs to Rick and me that Brando has a very beautiful view of the ocean. And when he gets back and looks out his window, expecting a beautiful view, he's gonna see a chimpanzee, probably dressed like him, smoking a cigar in a cage instead. Brando was putting on some weight. And we get to thinking maybe Brando didn't order the chimp. Someone else on high is trying to send him a message. And Brando's gonna tear us a new one when he finds out. What happened to the chimp? <laughs> I raced down to the airport and have it sent back to the States. I was screaming at the delivery people, telling him Brando was out for their blood. But Rick still has to deal with the cage. It has a concrete floor ten feet over the ground. We don't have time to take it down properly. And then... <laughs> Rick owes me forever for this. I say we make it into a barbecue pit. Brando had all that food coming, right? <laughs> He's not thrilled, but he was grilling up pork on it last I heard. Yeah, I would've. Exactly. Mm. 
I'm wanting barbecue now. Those ribs Mr. Lewis brought the other day were good. I love the place that makes them. We should go sometime. Jesus! David! How long have you been there? You were telling the story so well. We didn't want to interrupt. And you, Jesse? Any sign of Gwen? <sighs> no. She said she needed a few days to herself. <sighs> About last night. You really caught me in a bad spot. I, I lost my temper and I was too hard on you. I'm just the messenger. I know what people do to messengers. We spoke with our inner circle after you left. We have a ritual for reawakening memories. We'd like to see what you two saw. Sure. Crack open the old coconut and have a look. We want Scotty. Oh. It's not an easy ritual. You don't have to do it. I will. It was last night. I'm sure it'll come back clear. Then we should start preparing. I'll make sure it's safe, honey. We'll be done before noon. Will you still be here? I might be at the library. They're showing me how to use the internet. I can drive you. Lead on. One more time, hon. Okay. They got me pretty bad. Did you find out what you needed? What does the speed bump do? It kills. Relax and return, hon. Don't hold on. That wasn't too bad. Wow. I couldn't focus at all. And I kept hearing Gwen. It's fine. Just sit up. I need some water. Can I go? Yes. Just wait in the foyer for us. What are you trying to do to her? You already lied to her about Len's dosages, and you can't even thank her for sharing her thoughts? I couldn't hold it in. I don't get why this spirit said I'm not listening. I have been listening. Do you think it was Gwen? She'd have had to do a heck of a good job. Of course. I'll tell Scotty to go home. This is a test, isn't it? It's a problem. Did you believe this spirit? Yes. But that's what you get from mind-reading voices. They can make anything sound true. Why didn't we hear something sooner? Why did she save this trial for the last? <sighs> Sleep on it. See what you think tomorrow. We should call the inner circle in. Let Scotty go home. All right. You're sure you've been listening to Anana closely? I've been lied to by more spirits than you. I don't trust the nice ones as far as I can throw them. Good. But Len does have a point about the thunderstorms. Damn it. Hey. Hello. Waiting long? No. How did the Inquisition go? 
Mr. Lewis almost threw a fit. We have ourselves quite a smoking monkey. I'm thinking about going to my mom's. Could you wait a couple of days? Do me another favor. It's right up your alley. I don't want to be anywhere near Mr. Lewis. I'll keep them busy. Now, humor me. Could you lift up one of your sneakers? What for? Oh, good. See that black streak? Uh, yeah. Touch it. I think you'll know what it is. Okay. Ugh. It's like dried slug malt. That's the best news I've heard in a while. We're close. What are we doing? I can't say here. Listen, I found some contacts on that internet thing. There's someone who can help us, but I can't get there without you. Someone who can change the ritual? Yes. Who? Shh. You're back early. The library isn't too far. Do you have a minute? Mm-hmm. We're calling the inner folks in to discuss changing the prayer. We'll ask that the speed bumps disable their victims, not kill them. Why didn't you do that before? How long will that take? We can do it tonight. It's a small change. That's very good news. I thought so. So, will you perform the final show? Yes. Thank you, Nana. We'll take every precaution we can. There won't be any misinterpretations to come back to bite us. Uh, may I help? It's fine. We have the training. Well, then. Thank you. This is a weight off of me. I won't keep you. I'm taking Scotty to lunch to celebrate while the restaurants are still open. You have a good lunch. Thanks. Let me know how the meeting goes. Take care. That was fast. They're lying. They won't change a thing. Too much to hope for. But they're humoring us. I can take that. Now, where's the nearest Home Depot knockoff? Not far. Good. I need you to hire some of their contractors. I'll give you the money. How much do you know about electrical currents? What do you want to do? Paralyze, not kill. Len, are you up? <sighs> Morning. I have a new script for you. I've marked the changes in red. Uh, let me see. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, mm, that's a good one. Oh. oh, you don't mind if I hang on to this? It's your copy. I heard the original with Scotty yesterday. Jessie was out and I had her key. Are we recording a new one? I'd like to. We tried recording ourselves on the player yesterday. It works. On the reel-to-reel? -reel. Yes. Excellent. I'll gather the troops at Jesse's after lunch, and we can make a party of it. Oh, I look forward to it. Then I'll see you there. I have some things to take care of. Oh, by all means. Uh, morning, Mr. Lewis. Good morning. See you there. Where? Uh, Miss McAllister's. All river. All river. Is that the new script? Take a look. There's a lot of changes. They didn't touch your lines. Funny, that. They aren't really going to play this one for the ritual. Who knows? Come on. Are we going somewhere? They may have tampered with the broadcasting equipment in the lighthouse. It may not matter what they play on it. Good thought. No chimes. It's right side up. No wing things. Yet. I'm going to the radio room. 
Shout if you see anything. There's something odd about this room. Food seems good. <laughs> Eggs are fine. Hello, Orson. Hello, Mr. Robler. Do you want some milk? There you are. You'll have to share. Focus. Pray. Offer. Oh, whoops. I got some on you. I'll wipe it off. There. I knew it! Behind the wall, they've tampered with the wiring. It's a lousy job, but they probably wanted to get out of here fast. Show me. Yeah, it's hard to see. There's a patch that feeds another line into your mic line. And the output from the reel-to-reel -reel player is looped back. Ah. What would that do? You would hear whatever was on the player in your headphones. But that track wouldn't be broadcast. The new patch going into your mic line could feed into another track. The original show. Yeah. You'd hear the new version, but they'd be playing the original. And none of my lines are changed. Mr. Lewis is a sneaky son of a gun. Who want to do the show tonight. The home and garden people can't come until tomorrow. Uh, that's fine. I have that covered. You can fix the wiring. Sure. Thanks. Does the air feel strange to you? No. I know. That's not right. I'll check upstairs. Okay. Guy. Hmm? I was just in the cellar. The mask of Inanna is gone. They probably moved it for safekeeping. Uh, what do we do when we come back? The altar's still there. We might have to use Jesse's arcane connection instead. Um, you can. I know. Look at the time. The reading starts soon. Pack up. I'll let the cats out. We have to hurry. So it ends, my friends, and the world grows a little darker. Who knew such scandal lay in the pipes of the humble refrigerator? Or that man would cheat, frame, and murder to ensure that you use their products over others? And who knows if these CFCs are truly the miracle gas they seem to be? Perhaps we'll find out in a few decades, but for now, I'd worry. I don't know about you, but after tonight's tale, I wouldn't be caught dead out after dark! That's a wrap. Scotty, great job. I was impressed. I had some practice. The tape goes off and I can think like myself again. The day's not over yet. You have to do it again tonight. We have a few hours to celebrate. My plate's full. You'll have to celebrate for me. <laughs> Fine. Can you drop us at the lighthouse? I want to see if Gwen shows up. If you want. Oh, and is there something different with the lighthouse? What do you mean? Well, it seems stable inside. Ah, uh, we took the mask out for safekeeping. That would do it. Wait, none of the wings attacked you? No. Do you have to put it back? <laughs> we'll have to. It needs to be on the altar. Like peas in a pot. <laughs> then I won't keep you. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'll start the celebrations. Hair of the dog that bit you. Enjoy. I can't get that bottle out of his mouth. 
You know what that does to you. Just having a nip. I had it left over from what Scotty brought me. A nip isn't half the bottle. It's only two, three, four inches. Hey. Should I get him a pillow? You'd better. What are you thinking? I I was going to sing a song. Oh, after dark, oh, after dark. Don't let the door hit you there. Crap. He isn't doing the show tonight, is he? No. I wouldn't be drunk if you weren't giving me B. Cancel the ceremony. I'm going to dinner. You'll have a surprise tomorrow. Oh, yeah. A big one. Whee! way to get out of a smoking monkey is to lie, cheat, steal, and cover the evidence. If they find out, it's too late anyway. You're finally up. Morning. There's some coffee left. I'm good. I'm going to walk off this hangover. Hold on! Where do you think you're going? Around. You looking to get yourself in trouble? No, I'm walking. Wait a minute. I need to get my sandals. I wait for no man or woman. I've read the maps. The main street's one big circuit. Going around and around until my hangover's gone. David, I need a tail on Len. He's walking east up my street. That's right. I think he'll be walking all day. Station a team around the island. Just another hour. Maybe another sandwich. I'll have my fifth wind. I can't figure out why you're destroying yourself. Oh, good. Progress. No, Len. That's bad. You take the time you need to recover. I've seen you all watching me. When's old Len gonna crack? I cracked a while ago. Maybe it was when I saw Gwen. This is a beautiful island you have, by the way. I've seen its bright sides, its dark sides. Fields, forests, downtown. I'm gonna miss it. But I ain't beat yet! Hello? What? All around the lighthouse? What did, when did they leave? Who was watching the lighthouse? I know, I told you to watch Len. And my surprise. We'll be there. I'll get my car. You can tell me on the way. All of you watching me go around and around and around. They spotted three trucks leaving a lighthouse. Hired contractors. They built something around it. I spent all the money you gave me on this. I'm broke. Get up. 
Come on! Crud! Crud! Len! Don't touch the razor wire. I had Scotty electrify it. You put it all over the front gate. How are we supposed to get to the lighthouse? That's the idea. Go through the bushes. For the love of Jasmine, they put sandbags all around the lighthouse. You're paying for us to remove all this. Make me. I have no money left. Oh, there's razor wire on the sandbags. It's electrified, too. And I had Scotty nail up the lighthouse. Scotty! Are you back there? This is insane. I told them to flood-proof the heck out of the lighthouse. It's 60 feet over sea level. Scotty showed them my state credentials. They took my money. They didn't ask. What were you thinking? I was thinking that for one day, you couldn't make me do the radio show if you tried. It's all powered by the lighthouse's generator. You'll have to wait for the gas to run out. And Scotty should have a good supply in there. Scotty! Len, you call to her. I promised her I'd take the blame for this. You won't touch her. It goes around as far as I can see. I'll call a crew. They'll have this down tonight. I know you were lying about the show. You weren't going to change anything, David. But Jesse, why did you go along with him? You see gods and devils where he doesn't. You know faith, and this is faith. This is a mess that I'm going to have to explain to the Park Service. What happened to our little family? It used to be me, you, you and Scotty against the world. You stopped behaving. How does it go? Nice guys don't make history. Well, this is history. And you thought you were setting me up. But you fell for it. You should see yourselves. Scotty, turn off the juice. I I know you can hear me. You want a sign? Here's one all around the lighthouse. Inanna doesn't want you in there. Len, I can't forgive you for this. I'm slowing down your perception of time. It's going to take Jesse two seconds to notice what I'm doing and another three to stop me. That means I have five seconds and I can turn them into 50 years if I concentrate. Four days ago, you said you would do the show. What changed? I believed the spirit. Nothing changed. It took a while to tell me what it wanted to say. Why didn't it come to me? Didn't you hear it in Scotty's memory? Maybe it did. It said you didn't listen. I wake up every morning with my wife and we see Nicolette's picture on the mantel, in her combat fatigues, smiling like she's got the world ahead of her. You've read the papers. You know how many service people die in their own compounds from explosives thrown over the walls. You are telling me that my goddess, who I have known longer than you, has a vengeance planned for me worse than that? Then fine, bring it. That's between me and her, but you will not come between me and my daughter, understand? You're not listening. What do you fear? The way Gwen left you? I'm sick of chasing you. You're a wreck. I have 
to go away and think. The way Bob Stroud treated you? Come with me. I'll drive you home. I'll tuck you into bed. You'd like that, wouldn't you? I'm not making those voices. They're all inside you. I can wake them up. They don't do a thing to me. We have 50 years together. Can you make it? No. Will you do the show tonight? You let Scotty go. Don't hold her responsible for any of this. We've made this deal before. I don't have enough time left to break it again. All right. I won't hold her responsible, but you will do the show tonight. And if you see one thundercloud, you pull the plug. Of course. Jesse and I were planning to do that all along. I don't want to anger my own goddess. Why would I do that? If a thunderstorm or anything like it appears, I promise we'll stop the show. All right. Let me out of here. David! What are you doing? Stop it! It's all right. No! Absolutely not! You have crossed a line. He's going to do the show tonight. I I will. But you leave Scotty alone. I promise. You of all people should know to keep your paws off his mind. It worked, didn't it? He isn't hurt. He is so damn thick-headed. I will talk to you later. Scotty! You're not in trouble for this. Mr. Allen has agreed to do the show tonight. I can come out now? Yes. I would have done the same if I were you. You can turn off the power now. Jesse? What is it? You saw what he did to me. He said he would keep me like that for 50 years. 50 years, he said. He should know better. Do you still want to go along with him? He'd lead you into a minefield if he could, and you know it. Watch what you say. Scotty! How do we get in? Only Mr. Allen. And someone to put the mask back. Fine. Tonight, let him in and do the show. If we don't hear it, we'll be back to ask why. Five minutes to showtime. The transmitter is jamming the FM channels. Great. Robes on, folks. Everyone, be quiet. I want to say, goddess bless you, whether or not you have a loved one in the service. I know everyone's had a million things on their plates the last few months. I had to skip out on two clients to keep us going. Believe me, my wife and my checkbook remind me how much we've sacrificed every day. But we're finally at the end. This is the last tale. We're about to ask Inanna's favor, and it will be in her hands. We've had to herd mountains, but hail Inanna. We've made it. We have people stationed all around the coast looking for thunderstorms. A hint of Inanna's displeasure, and the alarm will ring. If it happens, snuff your candles, ask Inanna for forgiveness, and book the heck out of here. But this isn't high school, and we aren't waiting for a fire drill. Please, focus your prayers. Light your candles. Blessed Inanna, hear our plea. 
Please protect my daughter, Dawn's son, and the others who believe in you. In supplication, we present the final tale for your pleasure. We offer you After Dark. Twenties, 
When our washing machine was a cranking bucket, our vacuum cleaner was a clothesline and a rug beater, and our refrigerator was the humble icebox. Is it so long ago when the iceman on his horse and cart was a staple of our lives, like the milkman or the postman? Tonight, Detective Gideon Moynihan is about to learn the terrifying truth behind the demise of this once popular appliance. He's been a part of the Boston Force since the teens. His apartment is almost as cold as the outdoors this winter, 1929. He's about to have the most rude awakening from a fellow tenant. Detective Moynihan! Detective! Oh, what is it, Mrs. Beckett? It's barely six, and I've been up half the night. Sir, you must come and see. I was waiting on our back porch for the Iceman to come, and I found the most horrid thing in the ice depository. Let me get a shirt on. I'll be down. Nothing wakes you up faster than finding a frozen, severed head on your doorstep. Mrs. Beggett had found it first, chipped out from foul-smelling ice. Its bloated face was curled in the most grotesque manner, as if the poor devil inside had witnessed some ghastly horror before he was decapitated. I called the boys in to investigate. We had no worries of its melting, as cold as the air was, outside and in. The coarse news of the severed head brought another nasty shock with it. That's it, lads. Check for footprints. I want you to interview all my neighbors. I've drawn up a list for you. See if anyone heard or saw the one who brought this head in. Get down! Who's shooting at us? Sorry. That's my fault. My camera does that when I don't put the battery in right. Who are you, miss? Jane Grayson, reporter for the Boston Globe. <laughs> You're awful quick to the scene. I have my sources. You'll have to wait outside with the others. Take her out, boys. Sir, you have to give me the scoop. My editor's on my case for a story, and if I don't get this one, I'm out on the street. Oh, yeah, I've heard it all before. I can help you, sir. I'm a scrapper. Look how fast I learned of your investigations. All right, but you keep out of the way. And if I read one bad word about the force, you're out of this town. You can count on me, detective. No, let's see what we can learn about this head. If you want to know about ice, you go to the expert. Ashley Weiss was the owner of Weiss's Ice Company, the largest in Boston. She was as rich as the men who bring the oil or the electricity. She knew ice intimately. Too intimately, some said. Good afternoon, detective. How can I help you? Ma'am, you don't mind if this reporter listens in on us, do you? Hello, ma'am. Not at all. Thank you. This morning, a neighbor of mine found this delivered to my back porch. My word. That's terrible. I'm sorry if this is upsetting. We haven't been able to identify the fellow. We were wondering if you could tell us where the ice around him came from. Let me see. <laughs> That's foul. Oh, yes. There is a reason we don't take ice from the Charles River anymore. Charles? Upstream from Cambridge, to be precise. I know the factories that operate on that stretch of the river. We appreciate your time, ma'am. Do me a favor. Anything? Don't tell me what you find. The Charles River was as frozen as the stiff we were looking for. The river was crisscrossed with the footprints of drunks who didn't know enough to find a bridge. 
We soon found the hole where they chipped the head from the ice. We were lucky. The body was underneath. <sighs> Love that dirty water. You lot, check his pockets. Hmm. His sweater's a little drier than I'd expect. Do you think he was killed before last night? And given time to freeze, I do. No way to tell when he died, though. Get his sweater off. Check for marks, blows, anything. I don't see any bruises. What's that on his shoulder? Those blue smears? They look like letters. They're not tattoos. E-H-O-I-Z-W. Hmm. Mean anything to you? Not offhand. All right. Get his pants off. My word. He... Oh. Yes, he evacuated himself after death. Might I take a picture? Oh, you think your rag's gonna run that? Just to that key poking out. Oh, good eyes. That is a key in there. He must have hidden it inside him before he was... iced. What? He was iced, wasn't he? It says FD Chemicals on the hilt. And there's a number. Then we know our next step. Let's go! Tomorrow. Oh, Dr. Sylvester Stark, head researcher at FD Chemicals. He was a dapper fella, not at all the science type I assumed. He permitted us to try our key in his facility to see which door it opened. I took a complete count of our employees this morning, Detective. We had a few absentees, but they've been accounted for. Whoever your victim is, he didn't work here. We understand, sir. No one's accusing you of anything. Does... E-8-O-I-Z-W mean anything to you? I can't say that it does. Thank you, sir. What is your company working on now? <laughs> Good heavens. So many projects. Military, civilian, explosives, solvents, catalysts. Trade secrets that might be worth dying for? Our security is top-notch, as you've seen yourself on the way in. There's one place your security didn't search us, sir. And that's exactly where we found this key. Official police work. What are they working on? Aerosols. Spreading chemicals in gaseous form. The door says Department CFC. <laughs> Convoluted naming convention. I'll need to question your men in here. Of course. I'll leave you to it. Excuse me, sir. Do you have the time? Why, yes. Uh, nearly 11. Thank you. That's a very nice watch. It was a gift. Come and see me if you have more questions, Detective. Attention, gentlemen. I must speak with all of you. There's been a murder, and I need your help in identifying the victim. I have a photograph of his face. It's not for the squeamish, but if this young reporter beside me can snap it with a still hand, I trust you fellas can handle it. Not a one of them knew anything. They were nervous, though, and stammered. It's incredible how men can become blind and deaf if a crime happens in front of them. The last scientist we interviewed was the most useless of the lot. When I shook his hand, though, he slipped a piece of paper into mine. I read it after Jane and I had left the building. What does it say? Come to Ball Industries. Building A2 tonight. Espionage. Ball Industries? That's FD Chemicals' greatest competitor around here. I know. 
By the way, I read that report of yours about the case in the paper. Oh, well, I did my best. You kept clean and to the point. Perhaps I'll need that camera of yours tonight. At Bull Industries, the night watchman knew where his bread was buttered. I flashed to my badge and he let Jane and me in without question. All sorts of deals happen at these factories, and they know better than to hide it from the police. This is Building A2? It's huge! All these conveyor belts and drums. I hope that scientist doesn't expect us to find him in here. I will wait. So, why are you keen on following me around? Most reporters would wait until the morning to get the facts from me. It's my father. He was a private detective. I loved hearing about his work. I'd made up my mind to follow in his footsteps when I was a little girl. But there's no work for a woman detective. So I became a reporter. I thought so. You have the eye about you. Did you hear that? It came from the end of the factory. It's a signal. Come on! Do you see him? Not yet. Watch out. The ground feels slippery. I know what you mean. Ah! A trick! We're caught in this giant rubber net! They must have been watching us. They let us here and turned on the net when we were on it. Look where the belt is carrying us! The fires of the incinerator! Oh, quick! Do you have a knife? Aye, but the net is too tough. I only have time to cut one of these crisscrosses. Then climb! Cut one up by the hook. We might be able to squeeze through. Oh, I'll try. Break your blasted thing. Hurry! I can feel the flames heat already. I'm only halfway through. What should we do now? We pray the end comes quick. Or that? Are you all right? You. You're the fellow that slipped us the paper to come here. The spies from Ball Industries found out. They set up a trap to catch you. I managed to stop the belt, but there'll be heck to pay if they catch me. Settle down. Free us from the net. Oh, right. That should do it. We're in your debt, sir. Hurry. Before they return, I must show you their office. Quick. Open this file cabinet. It's locked. Not to my master key, it isn't. chemicals in a drawer of their competitors. Spread them out. I'll photograph them. Do you know who stole these? No, but we suspected Ball as soon as they went missing. My bosses sent their lawyers here. On other business, of course. And the lawyers found the papers. I'd have thought Ball would have hidden them better. Our lawyers know how Ball thinks. All right. Photograph these papers, and then we run. without further incident. The papers were labeled Department CFC, but we still had no leads on how the victim was connected to him. I began interviews at Ball. I'd learned my lesson at FD Chemicals. You want answers, you don't go to the men up top. You ask the little guys, the factory workers, the maintenance men, the office girls. A pity that they didn't know a lick more about the victim, though. Any luck, detective? Oh, waste of my time. There's a crime here somewhere, but I'm not going to find it. I've been following Dr. Stark around. 
Remember that watch he had at FD Chemicals? He said it was a present. A solid gold watch. And he's wearing it to his job. Well, I didn't think nothing of it. Well, he has an awfully ritzy life to go with it. I followed him to some pretty glamorous parties downtown. He's as in with the in crowd as Porter, Berlin, and Jim. So who's giving him the cash? You're the detective. We met with the dapper Dr. Stark again. I was a little less pleasant to him this time. Detective, I'm busy. What's on your mind? Espionage, Dr. Stark. You and your fat wallet and your fine watch, along with your company's trade secrets, at your rivals. Show him the pictures, Jane. You can keep these, Dr. Stark. I have the negatives. No, thank you. I ordered our lawyers to visit them, to find the papers. There. That's my signature on the order. Hmm. That does check out. And as for the suggestion that I might be in the pocket of another, FD Chemicals has laboratories across the country while Ball only has the one in this town. There are rivals in a very limited sense. I am well compensated for what I do. I have papers for that, too, if you want to inspect them. Uh, thank you. We'll be in touch, Doctor. Don't you want to ask him about yeah, the party? Another time. We'll show ourselves out. That night changed everything. I was beat from all the interviews. The newspapers were still hounding for the killer's name. My name was on the front page, and the commissioner never liked that. I decided to treat myself to a halibut that had been in my icebox since yesterday. I flowered down the counter like my mum used to and opened my icebox. That's when it exploded. I was in the hospital a few days. The doctor said I was lucky. Jane came to see how I was doing, with a bouquet and a vase. You're holding up? Oh, sure. The union's paying for the finest painkillers they've got. I'm sorry this happened to you. Uh, comes with the territory. I'm dropping the case. It's been two attempts on my life already. I'm quitting while the quitting's good. Detective, please! You should see the letters in the newsroom. They want to know who the killer is. Then they can look for him themselves. What if I can find some clear, damning evidence that connects Stark to the murder? Well, it'd have to be enough for his own mother to hang him. That's a yes? I'd have to see the evidence first. I'd come to regret those words. Sure enough, she brought it to me. Detective! Oh, what is it? I was thinking about how you say. If you want answers, you ask the little guys. Stark said that FD Chemicals had laboratories across the country. So I figured I'd start visiting them until I found an engineer with a loose yap. And you found one. There's another department CFC in Jersey. All the guys there knew the victim. He was a liaison between the Jersey and Boston branches. They're willing to send someone to identify the body. Sweet Mary. It gets better. They said that Department CFC is working on a new chemical called chlorofluorocarbons that's supposed to revolutionize the icebox market. The scientist, Thomas Midgley, developed it for the Army, but the Boston Department is researching its use in the home market. They say it freezes without ice 
and won't harm you if it springs a leak. I don't recall any chlorofluoro whatever in the papers we found at Balls. Which means they're fakes. Someone planted them to throw us off the scent. The Jersey guys said the reports coming out of Boston were strange. CFCs were failing tests they shouldn't have. And this means? What if Stark is being paid to falsify the tests? And this liaison found out about it, so he was killed. Exactly! And who has something to lose if these tests pass? You said CFCs freeze without ice? Yes. By St. Peter. The ice factories! I took a picture of Stark with Ashley Weiss at one of her parties. It's still not enough. She has friends in the courts. You found the victim's body with her help, though. Someone even sent you the head right on your doorstep. They wanted this publicized. They're trying to scare someone. But they've left nothing to tie the murder back to them. How did you describe the head when you found it? Curled in the most grotesque manner. What would you say the cause of death was? Decapitation. Without the mark of a struggle on him? What if he was killed beforehand? I'd thought of that. Mustard gas would do it, but it leaves traces. And if he was frozen to death? What if the mark on his shoulder? E-8-O-I-Z-W? What if that came from a place he was frozen in? If he was locked in a freezer, no light, no way to escape. Or he'd feel along the wall until he feels a bump. Desperate to leave a clue to his murderer, he presses his shoulder against it, freezes the mark onto his skin. Oh, but it'd be backwards. So it's really WSI-083. WS? Wise. I for Industries. Probably Tank 83. We've got her! If we can find that tank on her property. But I don't think she'll let us in if we announce ourselves. So? So we won't. Of all of the men under me, I had only four I could trust to be above corruption. You knew them by how direct they were. They drank straight from the bottle instead of the glass. The judge gave me a warrant quick enough. My men and I hurried to the ice factory before Weiss's lawyers could alert her. Each took an armful of torches and stood on one side of her compound. They lit one torch and hit it under a painted milk bottle. I told them, on my signal, to cast the bottle over the wall, followed by as many torches as they could light. Are you ready, Jane? My camera's loaded and my flash is charged. Then we do it! Guards inside should be confused plenty. We rushed into the ice factory while the chaos reigned outside. Wouldn't you know it? They had the freezers numbered on a chart on the wall inside. 83 was the closest to the offices. We didn't have to be as quiet as we thought. There on the office steps, Dr. Stark was arguing with Miss Weiss. The Jersey office found out about the liaison's murder too soon. They're putting the heat on me. I'll need more money to smooth this over. I've given you enough already. You wasted at your parties. Pawn one of your watches if you need to. The true results of my tests come out. I'm as ruined as you'll be. Wait! I thought I saw movement. Shine your light over there. Jane, get back! You two, come out! I have my pistol trained on you. Fine. Fine. Don't shoot. You. You did this to me. Put your hands up now. They're up, Stark. Well, well. Boston's finest has a brain after all. That's right. And you've threatened an officer of the law. No judge will forgive that, no matter what you pay him. (laughs) Don't be so sure. 
The station knows where we are. If I don't come back, they'll Find come. a nice check waiting for them. I know how to do business in Boston. What about you, Dr. Stark? Why did you sell out your company? Me? Because there is no other way up in this world. I understand this. Like Miss Weiss, I am a scientist. A truly great scientist at the level of Thomas Midgley himself. But my peers and my bosses do not respect my ideas. Instead, they banished me to this backwater hole, mired in stinking water and corruption. But I'll show them. <laughs> I'll show them all with my ambition. For a truly great scientist not only lusts after the thrill of discovery, but the power that discovery truly brings. Someday, once I discredit Midgley and prove the superiority of my chemicals to his CFCs, I shall be as great as Edison, sparing the ice industry, of course. You're a smart man, Stark. I must thank you, Detective, for playing your part so well. I had the liaison's head left on your doorstep. I left the key in his body to lead you to my department. Your arrival struck fear into the hearts of my scientists. <laughs> Imagine what they thought when you showed them the ghastly severed head of one of their own. They had no proof, but they knew that I had done it, and I could do the same to any of them. So they cooperate and fudge their data as I have asked. But alas... You know too much. My lawyers have informed me that you're looking for Freezer 83 before I have a chance to hide it. Perhaps I should show it to you. I can give you a real thorough tour. <laughs> Keep your hands up. You dirty, no good son of a snake. I wouldn't run. I'm a good shot, but not good enough to make a quick kill from a distance. It'll take you hours to bleed to death. The tank will be a faster death. How did Emily Dickinson put it? As freezing persons recollect the snow. First chill, then stupor, then the letting go. I'm fast! Don't be a fool, girl. Not with all her men outside. Trust me. Right. Good girl. I'll just pat the detective down. Excellent. No gun on him. Jump into that freezer in the floor. Once I close the lid over you, it'll all be over. We dropped into the freezer with its smooth metal walls. Dr. Stark locked the door over us, and Miss Weiss turned the compressor on. Why didn't we run? I tossed my gun in here when I pretended to sneeze. They're pouring water in. It's freezing. Stand back and hold your ears. They'll be gone in a minute, and I can shoot her way out. But it's pitch black! My gun's fully loaded. Six shots. Standard police issue. That's all? Out of all six, Miss Lodge? I didn't think that far ahead. Listen to the wall. Shoot the compressor out. It won't be able to freeze us, and we'll have more time. Oh, Miss! I can't see a bloody thing. I'll use my camera flash. Ready? Do it! I thought you checked him for a gun. He must have hidden it somehow. He shot out the lock! You heard, didn't you? Six shots, six bullets in his gun. Standard police issue. Since your equipment's ruined, I'll finish them off myself. 
think you're very clever, detective. Not really. The girl is not so bad, though. What? When I put the battery in wrong, my camera sounds like a gun. You mean... <coughs> the last shot was her camera light. I had one bullet left, waiting for you! You... You... <coughs> Ow. shoulders before Weiss gets away. Do you see her? No, she's not in the offices. Did you try this storeroom here? Oh! Hold steady, detective. I have you by your neck. Miss Weiss! Dr. Stark is dead. The police have you surrounded. Let him go! Come one step closer, and I slit his throat. She has a knife! It's clear! It's made of ice! And it grows duller by the second as I press it against the detective's throat. Go to that storage closet, Miss Reporter. I'll spare you for now, if you lock yourself in long enough for me to leave the country. What about him? I'm an old man, Miss Grayson. The force will be fine without me. That closet there? The one beside those gas canisters? Yes, it's open. I'm not leaving without an ending to my story. <gasps> what have you done? I've opened the valve to your canister. Soon, you'll breathe the same toxic chemicals the CFCs will someday replace. Ammonia? Sulfur dioxide? You want them so much? You can have them. <coughs> them off! Do it yourself. Release them. The seals must be tight. They must be extra tight. Good choice. Oh, detective. Oh. I've got her. You can arrest her now. You haven't won, Miss Reporter. You forget how well I know how to survive. They put Ashley Weiss on trial. But a fat lot of good it did. In a crooked town like Boston, a suitcase full of bills will induce forgetfulness of the law in most judges, even if a policeman's been threatened. She pinned it all on Dr. Stark, and that was that. It's the way of the twenties, I suppose, but we are on the cusp of a new decade. Miss Grayson and I confronted her as she left the courthouse. I have nothing to say to the two of you. You haven't won, you know. The judge would beg to differ. Oh, you won the battle, but not the war. I know desperation. You know your racket is on the way out. Science, Miss Weiss, will ultimately win. With all the innovation that floods the pages of my paper, you and those like you who try to stagnate research will be swept aside. Scientists will create another chemical and then another, each better than the last, like a modern hydra. Even with all your money, you'll never stop progress. We shall see, Miss Reporter. We shall see. So it ends, my friends, and the world grows a little darker. Who knew such scandal lay in the pipes of the humble refrigerator? Or that man would cheat, frame, and murder to ensure that you use their products over others? And who knows if these CFCs are truly the miracle gas they seem to be? Perhaps we'll find out in a few decades. But for now... 
I'd worry. I don't know about you, but after tonight's tale, I wouldn't be caught dead out after dark! Blessed is Anana. Here, here. And so it ends. I want to thank Mr. Lewis and Ms. McAllister for hosting me these past weeks. It's been a hoot. And thanks to Scotty for her help tonight and all she's done for me. Say goodnight, Scotty. Goodnight, Scotty. Hey, Mr. Allen, do you think we should wait to see if Anana comes to give her presents to all the good little boys and girls? I do, Scotty. This is the last show after all. At least, it would be if I were still here. Wait. Should we tell them? Sure. They'll find out anyway. Yes, my friends. I believe your prayer has a certain minor clause in it. I need to perform it live for it to work. But alas, if you're hearing this, then Scotty and I already ducked out at the beginning of the show. Someone get on the phone. Yes, Check the roads. You the find them. This whole tape has been pre-recorded. Hide in plain sight, isn't that what the magicians say? Everyone's on the you beaches. We were still It'll take here. time to get them in. Even when we're not. Ta-da! Now I know what you're thinking. You saw us go in the lighthouse, and the island's only escape route is guarded by a big black mob. And a horde of charms. None of which is resistant to the power of a pair of pliers. That's right. If all goes as planned, I should have a little fortress around the lighthouse. Which would make it hard for anyone to see us sneaking out of the back. And guess what? Remember how we were wondering how my boyfriend Chris got my speed bump? That sure was a pickle. Oh, that rascally speed bump. I guess he does leave his post sometimes. What was that you were saying, Jesse, about having another arcane connection to Anana? Well, if it's not the mask, it has to be the speed bump. I bet you have to call him into your secret sanctuary whenever I perform an After Dark show. And that's how Chris made it on the island. He was lucky enough to arrive while I was doing a show. I stepped in one of the speed bumps molting when you brought me into the sanctum for questions. He's gone. You probably just the radio don't room. keep them around Somebody find Lynn. So I don't think he'll be there when we escape. If he is, well, I've got egg on my face. I wouldn't come looking for us. We'll be staying at night. Public places, with lots of witnesses. I don't suppose it'll spoil anything to tell them where we're going. We already ordered our tickets for our flight to California. Since you won't tell us how to change the prayer, we're going to the only other person who knows. My old friend, Bob Stroud. Someone find Lamb! Into the fire. Calm down. He's gone. We'll be back in a few days. Move it! Get on the roads! Scry the airports! Get someone out there now! We have to find Len! The Mask of Inanna, Season 2, Episode 2, Smoking Monkey, was written and directed by Alicia E. Gorenson for the post-Meridian radio players. The modern-day cast featured Andrew Lebrun as Leonard Allen, Nellie Farrington as Scotty Harper, Catherine Bryant as Jesse McAllister, and Doug Miller as David Lewis, with Brad Smith as Chris, Jenny Gutbazal as The Mouse, Leslie Drescher as Gwen Somerset, James Scheffler as Bob Stroud, and Heidi Clark as The Introducer. The 1950s casts included Mike Babish as Matt Lerner, 
Andrew Lebrun as Detective Gideon Moynihan, Nellie Farrington as Jane Grayson, Catherine Bryant as Mrs. Beckett, Andy Hicks as Dr. Sylvester Stark and Edward D. Wood Jr., John Ostwald as the scientist, Rob Noyes as the pelvis, and Jenny Gutbazal as Marie and Ashley Weiss. Studio recording and post-production for The Mask of Inanna was performed by Alicia E. Goranson, with production assistance from Paul Dworkin, Emma Lathan, and Lisa Sturgeon. The script editor was Vicki Bloom. Original music was composed and rendered by Neil Marsh, and the After Dark theme was composed by Sir Arthur Sullivan. All interstitial and background music is available in the public domain. The producer and series developer is Alicia E. Goranson. The creator of The Mask of Inanna and executive producer for the post-Meridian radio players is Neil Marsh. For more information, please visit our website at themaskofinana.com. This has been a Hub of the Universe production. And that was The Mask of Inanna, Season 2, Episode 2, written by Alicia Gorenson, released by the post-Meridian radio players. That is at themaskofinanna.com, themaskofinanna.com. This is a totally free project, and you can dig it on iTunes, Zoom, Android, or podcast player of your choice, themaskofanana.com. Um, don't miss the live shows of Post Meridian Players. They'll be coming up um, in, in mid-July. I think they've got a show. They'll, those links will be shared on our Facebook page, and, um, of course, you can also find stuff on our website, radiodramarevival.com, over 200 hours of archives. Even before we get the app going, we do have those vast archives, a big page called the Mega Mondo Archives page list, which has all of our podcasts on it by genre. Um, just search on that page for what you'd like. You'll find something guaranteed. And we're also on Twitter, and I'm even trying out this Google Plus thing. Don't know where that's going to go, but hey. Uh, you can always give me an email as well. Uh, any feedback on the show is very welcome. Um, like us, tell your friends, post an iTunes review, whatever it takes. Um, email me personally, fred at radiodramarevival.com. And that is a wrap for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, that is Southern Maine's community radio. This podcast at radiodramarevival.com's Labor Love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. 